0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmsports.ca.
1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 KED. 12.36
0: in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers now. Bob Stauffer with you. Uh, We're going to be joined by Elliot Friedman, courtesy of the River Cree Resort Casino. They've got Vince Neal tomorrow night at the River Cree and George Thurgood and the Destroyers May 7th at River Cree. Tickets at ticketmaster.ca. Without further ado, well, still lots of stuff happening.
1: Elliot Friedman joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot, how are you doing? You know what? I'm doing good. I can actually stand outside in Toronto and talk to you today, and but I hear it's not as nice here as it is out in your place. Brandon was telling me it's plus sixteen today. That's yeah, fantastic. we
0: yeah we went right from winter to summer and we skipped uh, spring altogether.
1: Yeah, there's only there's only two uh, there's only two uh, seasons now. It's winter and summer. There's no more spring. There's no more fall those are over they should just stopped teaching
0: them in school I thought there was hockey season and then not hockey season and then PK Suban told us there's a fifth season yeah. I don't know <laughs> I'm confused by that I'm like what they're actually talking about there was no fifth season when I grow I don't, I'm not sure all right hey uh, let's start with the Maple Leafs in Boston okay yeah uh, I noticed some consternation over the lack of production of uh, Austin Matthews like do people in Toronto realize that even... And I, I, I will say that in three years from now, we will view Austin Matthews as a superstar player. And for me, a superstar, Elliot's a top five player in the world. Okay? Yep. A star mm-hmm. is a guy that's between six to, say, 50 in the league. Um, okay. Okay? But even the best players get shut down short term it happens but i'm not sensing that everybody of toronto's am i off base here am i reading too much in the list because there has been oh you
1: so- you albertans you love ontario misery don't you well i uh,
0: personally love toronto misery but i really respect how good austin matthews is he's a heck of a player
1: you know i agree with that bob i i think he's uh i think he's a franchise player in the league I, I think he is on the way to being a superstar you know i have a You know, I I think he's really talented. Now, all of that said, though, you know, I said it this morning in my Friday radio hit in Toronto, one of the things I'll ask myself when something is going sideways or something happens is, what don't I know? And Uh I can't help, I can't help but look at Austin Matthews and the way he is playing in this series and ask myself, what don't I know? Because it's not right. Like, i think there's a difference between being shut down and not looking like yourself and he 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 uh, he, he right now is uh is not looking like himself all right what and was the injury just and you know i think that that's the issue right now yeah. is that he's not like i don't know bob if it's his injury right um or it's He's not happy with the way Babcock is using him, hmm. but the fact is that he's not himself. And I think there's one thing to be said for you're getting shut down because you're going up against Char or Bergeron, and there's another thing to be said when you're being shut down because you're not at your level. And right now, I think it's B. Okay, he's not at his level.
0: Educator, listeners, because uh, I know he didn't play in the second game between Edmonton and Toronto back in the middle of December. Uh, yep. That was a game the Oilers outshot the Leafs like forty-three to twenty-something in that game, and McElhaney yep. stood on his head. And the Oilers hit four goal posts, but what what was the injury that kept him out for large? You know, what did he what he missed like twelve to fifteen games late in the season.
1: Yeah, and it was a shoulder. Um, you know, there it was a shoulder. I think we've also wondered if, it, you know, there's any chance it could be more than that. Yeah. But it was, it was a shoulder injury that we believe. And, you know, I, I don't know. He just, he doesn't, when he came back, he looked okay. His, his first game back was in Nashville, and he scored an absolutely beautiful goal. That was on March 22nd. But he hasn't been, like last year, I, I just thought he was at a certain level. Since he's come back this year, that last time, He hasn't been at that level. And like I said, Bob, I think it's one of those things that you probably don't find out until the end of the year. Either, was he still hurt? And we get a yes or no. And if the answer is yes, that explains something. If the answer is no, then something else is bugging him. Now, the one thing about Matthews is, is that he just, you know, one of the the teammates told me once that you can really tell his mood by his goal celebrations. When he's really wired up or really excited or really passionate about something, you, you see it. And when he scored in Game 3, he was wired. Yes. There's no question about that. But his play, Bob, he just doesn't have the same passion that we've seen him have. And I don't know what it is, but it, it hasn't been there, and it's got to get back up there.
0: So, Elliot, the Oilers went 4-12 and at home against teams from the Eastern Conference, okay? Yeah. They played the Leafs twice in a span of two weeks, where Laurent Brossoit got both starts. Chris Russell beat him for the five-four goal that Kadri yep. got credit for, and the Oilers actually the Oilers tilted the ice in the back half of that game. Toronto jumped out early, Edmonton worked their way back in, and the game in Toronto. Both teams were playing the second of a back-to-back. Uh, both teams went with their backups. Uh, Brossoit got the second consecutive start in as many nights. It's probably some of the best hockey the Oilers played all year. They beat Columbus, or sorry, beat Montreal. Uh, chase Carey price uh Vesna Trophy winner, 6-2 on Saturday then lost one nothing to the Leafs outshot them badly like 40 yep. whatever it was but Maclehany
1: hometown hockey game I
0: right and, and 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 yeah. he ordered said a bunch of posts and then they went to Columbus and scorched them 7-2 but where I'm going with this is I all year I'm like I don't really know how good Toronto... like and and I got to be honest and maybe it's cuz I follow James Myrtle uh, I, I, You know, I read his stuff. I'm like, okay, make some good points. Maybe they could beat Boston. You know, maybe Boston exceeded. But when I think, like, Boston came in here in March or late February and just obliterated the Oilers when they turned yeah, it off. they're good. They're good, they're right?
1: Really good. They're I, I, really good.
0: Here's where I'm going. I don't know how good Toronto is yet. I think they're going to be good. I don't know how good they are yet.
1: You know, I think that's fair. I mean, um, you know, as you as you talk about those Toronto-Edmonton games, you know that since... McDa- I mean McDavid and Matthews have been in the league. Yeah, four years together. We haven't had a Saturday night Leaf game with Edmonton. Like that's, I, 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 even say to our guys, like, how have we allowed that to happen? Like, Connor McDavid and and Austin Matthews, the two times they play a year, they should be Saturday night National Hockey Night in Canada. Well, games.
0: you guys only have about five billion dollars worth of control in this argument here, Elliot.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think what we did it once this year where we put it on hometown hockey. I, I don't know what the other situations were. I think those were all midweek games. Yeah. But you know, like they, we, it should be when they're in Toronto, should be seven o'clock on a Saturday night, and when they're in Edmonton, it should be eight o'clock Edmonton time on a Saturday. night.
0: No, it'll anyway. be five o'clock Edmonton time because they got to appease the.
1: Yes, that's true. Actually, you're right. It right. will be. You can, you, can, you can complain like all the Vancouver guys do when we schedule those games.
0: Well, we, you know, um, yeah,
1: <laughs> but. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, um, and I probably just got in trouble with work. But anyway, um, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, look, like you know, Toronto right now. How many Maple Leafs are exceeding expectations in the playoffs individually? Like you've watched this series, Bob. Who's yeah. who's been as good or better than you expected?
0: Uh, uh, marlowe has been as good as I thought he'd be.
1: Yeah, I mean, number one is Marner. Yeah, you know Marner. Marner has been really good. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. Marlow's been there. Those have
0: been the you two know, guys for me up front. Marner and Marlow. The,
1: the the other guy would say, although he's more of a depth player, and but he will be a force. I think Kapanen has been pretty good, and I and I think he's going to be on the team next year. But other than that, nobody. Right. And, you know, even Anderson. After, you know, he had a bit of a dovetail late in the year, but he was in the Besna conversation for a while. You know, he's had a really rough series. And, um, you know, I, I think it's fair. I, I think the team is good, but they are not good at the wrong time. And you, we've seen the Boston guys, a lot of very smart veteran players, they're elevating. And, you know, like last night, we don't find out until the skate that Patrice Bergeron's not going out there. And Marchand was great, and and Pasternak was great and Riley Nash was really good and Charo was fantastic and Rask was the best player on the ice like that's what you have to do like your, your star player your captain is not there everybody else better step up. And they did. And that's the difference between Boston and Toronto
0: right now. Well, that 2014 draft for Keith Gretzky has got fans here excited. And I think the feeling is that there's some confidence over the draft Uh, last year for Edmonton as well with the way some of their players are tracking those very early. And fans have felt that way before. Back to 2010 with Stu McGregor. The summer of Stu, it was once called. And it didn't totally come to fruition. All right, Elliot, quick hitter time on the coaching front. Uh, We had Bill Peters on the show on Monday. And Calgary made the decision they did on Gullitson on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, about uh, 45 minutes after one of the guests on the show said that he expected Gulletson back in Calgary, not naming any names, Mark Spector. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Hey, he called Jake DeBras last night, so we'll give Speck his props for that. Uh, here we go. Uh, is it a foregone conclusion that Bill Peters ends up in Calgary?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean if it doesn't happen, it's because something really went. Off the tracks at the end. So okay, he's he going to Calgary.
0: Okay, who ends up in Dallas right now? Dave Tippett.
1: It could be Tippett. Uh, I I do think Tippett has got a shot at that job. Um, you know, it would be interesting. They go, you know, it would be interesting. They go bring Hitchcock back, then they bring Tippett back. But I do think there is some support for Tippett there, from what I understand. And I I think he will be in the mix there. Um, you know, I think Dallas, like Cal- Calgary, wants to get this done. I think Peters is their guy, but I think I think Dallas and the Rangers are going to wait a little bit longer, unless Dallas absolutely decides someone there is the guy they got to have. But um, I think also we might see some more vacancies come open soon. So uh, I still think this could change a bit. I'm wondering, by the way, Bob, if um, Gullitson ends up on uh, Edmonton's bench <laughs> as an assistant coach. <laughs> I, I, you know, the they, him and you know, him and McClellan, they're both Saskatchewan guys. Um, you know, obviously they were both in Humboldt together, right? Right after the season, and I mean, what what a great statement it says about those two people. Yes, that they went they went through the years that they did, and the day after it was over, they 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 dropped everything and went there to go show support for the families. I mean, I don't care what you think about those guys as coaches. That says a lot about them as people, and. I saw McDavid and O'Reilly went out a couple of days ago. Like, that's pretty spectacular. Um, you know, I, I want, I'd i be curious to see if there's a possibility that Gullison ends up on, on Edmonton's benches as an assistant coach or something
0: like that. Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, we talk, obviously, the show's called Orders now. Every day, we talk about the Oilers, and fans will nitpick on McClellan in terms of or be frustrated with, you know, why didn't they play Dry Settle Center right from day one? You know, why didn't they try Nugent Hopkins on the wing with McDavid right from day one? You know, um, but I, I will tell you that they might be frustrated at times of some of his decisions, but virtually all of the texters at six thirty to six thirty to the show, they genuinely like Todd McClellan. Like they like the coach, and he's got a very good rapport with the media as well. And sometimes, you know, the media is the conduit to the fans as well. And they see Todd, you know, thanking the media, opening a end of the year statement with his thoughts and coming back from Humboldt the day before, and just in Saskatoon and what it meant for him to be there, and uh, and then concluding by you know thanking the fans. And, and gaining and, and also mentioning you know the perspective he gained in relation to his own team and appreciating that he needed to do a better job as well I mean it's pretty tough not to like a coach like that
1: yeah I agree you know like uh, it's uh, you know I, I thought when I saw that those two guys were there like the day after their seasons ended considering how it went I think it says a lot of both of them as people it's pretty impressive
0: who ends up in Carolina any clue
1: you know I would be surprised if it's not internal Um you know, Mike Bellucci is coaching their American Hockey League team in the playoffs right now, um, and you know what? He Other coaches in the league and other teams in the league say he's done a really good job there. You know, Bellucci also has the assistant GM title in Carolina, but I don't think that's what he wants to do. I think he wants to be a coach, and he's done a really nice job. Some of Carolina's prospects have had really good years with the checkers. so. I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. I think the other guy, I know Tom Dundon, the owner, is a big fan of Rod Brindamore. I don't know if Brindamore desires to be a full-time head coach, but, uh, you know, I, I would think that Bellucci and Brindamore would probably be uh, top the list.
0: John Tavares and Evander Kane, both to San Jose?
1: Well, I, I just think that San Jose has the ability to do it, um, and I would expect they'll make pitches to both. You know, the Sharks have about $22 million on the cap, uh, depending on what they decide to do and where the cap goes. So you could do both those guys if you wanted to. And, you know, obviously, you know, they had a great first round. We'll see where this goes. But so far, the fit between them and Kane is really good. And, you know, Doug Wilson made a big pitch to Steven Stamkos a couple of years ago, and it was a quiet one. Like, it didn't get out till later. And I think he would like to be at the table to talk to John Tavares too, if it gets that far.
0: Any repercussions in Anaheim with bound out in fourth Street?
1: Yeah, I think there will be some. Um, I, I think if you if you look back, uh, Bob at the at the uh, trade deadline this year, they made I think one small deal, Chris Wagner for Jason Chimera, and um, you know I, I heard they had their they took a look at James Van Riemsdyk. I think they took a look at Jack Johnson from Columbus but they decided not to do it. And I think that was taken as a sign that they just didn't think they might may, may be good enough to do something. So, um, you know, I, I think I, I, don't know about the GM. I know the GM and the owner of a good relationship, uh, Bob and, and the docs, they really find good players. Yes, they do. I kind of like the way they do things, uh, coach maybe, but I, I think two of the biggest decisions that they're going to have to deal with are going to be Corey Perry and, um, and uh, the goalie, Gibson. And, you know, Perry's got a no-move clause, but he, he's been struggling as a, as a player. And I know they were really unhappy with the way he handled himself in the playoffs. And the thing about Gibson is he had a fantastic year. He, he could have been a Vesna nominee, but he's one of those guys that he always seems to get hurt. And he's got one more year, I think, at $2.3 million. But then you've got to make a decision on him, and, and you can wait. But I think they're concerned that, you know, can you depend on him health-wise? And I, and I think that's a big internal conversation that they're having.
0: Elliot, we appreciate your time. Thank you again for joining us on Oilers Now.
1: My pleasure, Bob. Have yourself a great weekend. I wish I could come out there and see George Thurgood, man. I'm a big George Thur- Thurgood guy.
0: You know who used to look used to look like him? Back in the day, who's that? Oh, about thirty pounds ago. Anyhow.
1: Yeah,
0: I keep dreaming, Bob. No, well, fifty pounds ago is Tom Cruise. So I've downgraded <laughs> over time. Elliot, take care. <laughs> take care, Bob. See you later. See ya. That is uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, courtesy of our friends at the River Cree Resort Casino, who've got George Thurgrid and a Destroyer's May seventh tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Vince Neal, April twenty first at the River Cree. Uh, when we come back in order sound, we'll repose our question for you. Would you trade if the Oilers end up drafting 9 through twelve? Eighty-five percent chance. Eighty-five percent chance. What would you do? Would you trade the pick, or would you make the pick? Brennan wants to make the pick. He wants to draft the defenseman. I Ta- want Keith Gretzky to make the pick. You want Keith Gretzky <laughs> to make the pick? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You should also ask about uh, Gullitson. There, would he be a fit on the Oilers' bench alongside Tom McLellan? You know, he's been an NHL head coach twice, and some people think he was unceremoniously dumped. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.
1: Hi, this is Ryan Ingen-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630Chad.
0: 1256 in Edmonton. Some guests in Oilers Now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night, state night at Roos Chris for Tooth & Dine. For $120, go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris. And guess what? This fall, we've got an Oilers Now roadie to Europe. We ended up getting 10 more spots. We sold out our uh, first 40 spots in a couple of days, but uh, we got 10 more spots to head over to Europe to watch the Oilers play an exhibition game in Germany, and then the uh, season lid lifter against Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils in Gothenburg, Sweden. Your New travel package with Oilers now includes flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome receptions. Book now for the orders now hockey roadie to Sweden and Germany Spaces Limited call New West Travel 780432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com from the unofficial home office in Milwaukee you old school David Letterman fans would remember that Uh, career coaching records Bill Peters 137 138 and 53 Glenn Golovson 146 125 123 hmm uh, you know what, I could be, Glenn Galston's a hard guy not to like. Let's just establish that right now. Former University of Saskatchewan Huskies like Todd McClellan. Again, we'll talk draft, uh, we'll talk coaching when we come back in the weather. now as we open up the River Cree Resort Casino
1: hotline at 780 Off to a 630 Chad news Newsweather traffic update, Eileen Bell.